Good morning. Welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. And every day, those of you who come every day, I sure do. I'm sure I'm grateful, and I know your lives are changing. I've heard two reports in the last week of people tell me how much their lives have been changing by consistently being the Word. And they gave specific examples. And so that's very gratifying. I'm grateful for that. And if you're new, a special welcome to you. I hope you'll join us regularly. We're talking this week about how to grow in our spiritual life. Yesterday, we saw that the the corruption that is in the world that bothers us all, and oh my goodness, we're seeing it in our nation maybe like never before, the corruption that is so bothersome and so irritating and so unsettling. It springs from lust, a lust for power, a lust for control, a lust over others, a selfishness. And what God is developing in us is just the opposite. We're escaping that corruption because that corruption kills. That corruption is, lust is destructive. It always destroys. It promises something good, but it always destroys. And God is developing within us the very divine nature of Jesus Christ himself. That's awesome. He does it by his divine by by his, his divine power, his mighty promises, precious and magnificent promises. You want to learn more about that? Catch yesterday's video on that on our daily word of prayer. But here's the process. There's eight steps, shall we say, that Peter lays out for us. And we see that he says, in your faith, supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self-control. In your self-control, perseverance. In your perseverance, godliness. In your godliness, brotherly kindness. And your brotherly kindness, love. The ultimate goal being the love of God, that agape love filling our lives in and in our interactions with other people, remaking us, remodeling us, renovating us to be like Jesus Christ himself. It's really pretty awesome. You and I, it's a great adventure. And wherever you are in this, you might be in the perseverance stage. You might be in the self-control stage. It's kind of like a circle that we, we you know, God keeps revealing new things to us and we keep, this is how we grow this process, reinitiating it one thing after another. But wherever you're at, oh my goodness, for God to be developing the love of Christ in us, brothers and sisters, that's true wealth. That's true purpose. That's true glory. That's awesome. If you look back at the end of your life, if you look back, or if you're at your funeral, people say of you, you are a loving person. You love people. Uh, that, that'll be a wonderful tribute being paid to you. So as we talk about this progression, I want to focus today on this step from moving from faith to moral excellence and moral excellence to knowledge. What does what does he mean by moral excellence and how does that relate to knowledge? There's a couple verses in James and 1 Peter that I want to take a look at. First of all, James 1 verse 21. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all the remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. And then Peter writes, therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, 
like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word so that you may grow, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Do you notice a common theme here? In both cases, they say, put something aside so that you can receive what God wants to give you in terms of knowledge, in terms of the word of God. Put something aside. Put aside your anger. Put aside your filthiness. Put aside your wickedness. Put aside malice. Put aside hatred. Put aside these things so that you can receive the word of God. The obvious implication is if you don't put those things aside, it's going to be difficult receiving the Word of God. When Jesus told the parable, the seed and the sower, in Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and in Luke chapter 8, he talks about four types of soil. Hard soil, the seed was sown, and the seed was the Word of God. And it's like the sower would go out and sow the seed on the, on, the, on the land. And in the parable, the seed was the word of God. Some seed fell by the roadside. The soil was quite hard and it didn't even get root. It couldn't. The, the ground was too hard. The birds came and ate it up. Other soil fell amongst rocks. And it, it kind of had some growth, but no root to it. So when the scorching sun arose, it just withered. Other seed fell amongst thorns, and it began to grow, but the thorns and the thistles, the weeds, choked out the good seed so that it was unfruitful. But other seeds fell on good soil, and that seed grew and bore fruit 30, 60, 100-fold as much. James 1.21 and 1 Peter 1, or 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2 are talking about how to be good soil how to be good soil. Put aside the stuff that makes your the soil hard, rocky. Put aside the things that would make your heart hard and resistant to the Word of God. Put aside, what's it say? Wickedness, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy. These are things that harden our heart, and, this, and you can hear the Word, but it won't affect you. Indeed, I wonder how many people sit in a church and, and the word doesn't affect them at all. They you can't even, you know, as soon as the sermon's over, you wonder, well, what did it talk about? You don't even know. I was like this for years growing up. I, I can't hardly remember anything that I learned. And, and we'd forget it by, you know, quickly forget it, other than to criticize the pastor if he went over time a little bit. Our hearts weren't receptive, the soil wasn't good. It needed to be plowed up. It needed to be softened. It needed to be prepared to receive the word. Well, this is the way it is with us. Remember, in your faith, people have come to Christ now. Supply moral excellence. What is this moral excellence? It's what we've just talked about. Lay it aside. Put it aside. Put aside your hatred. Put aside your anger. To say, God, I'm done with it. I lay it aside. I know it sounds awfully easy. So you may, I know it's harder than it sounds. You may need to do it over. Lord, I lay it aside. I give it to you. I give to you my anger. I give to you my envy. I give to you my hypocrisy. I give to you all these things. I, I invite you. I acknowledge I've got them. So I invite you to change me, to work in these aspects of my life. I give them to you, Father. And now having acknowledged that, having humbled myself, I'm asking that you might 
that I might be able to receive the word implanted in me, Father, like a little baby that drinks the milk or like the seed that falls on the good soil. Might I be one to receive the word of God, the knowledge of God. Moral excellence. It's this process. The Bible makes us morally excellent. As we receive it, we become morally excellent. But also as we are morally excellent, it's, it, it, we're more likely to receive it. Now, this does raise a question I just want to comment on. And later in 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter writes this, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. We're all alarmed at the number of well-known pastors and worship leaders that have fallen in the last few years. Uh, scandals have been uncovered. Scandals have been revealed that are they're appalling. How in the world? And someone like in my in my calling in my ministry. You look at some of these people that you you looked up to. They obviously were successful. Look how big their church was. Look how many people were following him. They obviously were successful. God was obviously blessing them, so we thought, only to find out that they were were engaged in sexual scandal or financial scandal or, or abusive behavior of other people. And what this does to me, I think what I want to say is, boy, we live in a time where, you know, the Bible says judgment will come and it begins with the household of God. As a leader, it puts the fear of God in me. I don't, I don't want to be one of those guys. I really don't want to be one of those guys. And I, and I realize anyone, no, anyone could be that. So I walk with fear and trembling around the word of God and the and, and, and with humility and dependence upon God, abiding in the vine always, so that you, know, you, don't, you don't trifle sin. You don't play around with it. But it also is a warning. If these guys were engaged in some, like a sexual affair for years while teaching, how would that have affected their teaching? How would that have affected their message? How would their message have perhaps open the door for other people to fall into the same sins because obviously they, was their message affected by what they were involved in? Would they have stood up there and preached things that would have been self-condemning? I don't know. I will say this. If you have followed or had a pastor or followed someone who's really fallen into a scandalous behavior, and it's been shown that that he was engaged in sinful behavior for a period of time while he was in the pulpit, while he was teaching. I wouldn't keep listening to his messages. I would, I wouldn't, I would want to filter all that I'd been hearing during that time when he was saying one thing in the pulpit and living another thing in the hotel room or wherever. I would, I would be very, very careful about that. It's got to affect what they believe. What's the scripture say? In your moral excellence, supply knowledge. If your moral excellence is not there, 
If you're, if you're living a compromising, sinful life, it will affect your understanding of Scripture, and it will affect your teaching of Scripture. Be careful. Be careful. I, I, I don't go back and listen to someone. I, I want to listen to people I know and have confidence are walking uprightly. And if I find out they're not, I, want to, I don't want to keep listening to what they said over the last couple of years, books they've read and so on. I mean, we've had some obvious huge ones fall. Be careful about, doesn't mean everything they said was wrong. Doesn't mean their whole life was a total mess. But there would definitely, almost for sure, be some sort of an influence on what was being taught that was related to the sin in their lives. So I teachers, if I know a lot of pastors listening to our daily word and prayer, walk uprightly, men. Walk uprightly. Don't compromise with sin. Don't, don't, you're, you're, there's too many people looking to you. God has entrusted you with something important. Don't betray your trust. Don't betray your Lord. Don't betray the people who look to you. Walk uprightly. Be faithful with your calling. Teach the word of God accurately truthfully. Don't let it become defiled by your own sinfulness. We have a high calling if we're teachers. Let's live up to it. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you today and we bless you with all of our heart for the word of God. It's a spiritual book. It's not just something we understand academically. And indeed, Lord, we know that that if the, the people who even in our public schools, our universities, who even atheists try and teach it, we don't trust the way they teach it. It's a spiritual book. If there's not moral excellence, it's going to be affected. And Lord, I think even in our world today, there's so much wokeness regarding the sexual revolution and sexual behavior, and and so many new, new be, well, the old sins, the new morality is really just old sin, that's invading our church and Lord, we, we, we just think of what teaching could have allowed it. How could this even be happening? How could, how could some of the things that churches are seriously considering and adopting, how could it be? Lord, I pray that we'd be people. And I pray particularly today for any leaders, any pastors, any who have the responsibility of teaching your word who are with us today, would in their faith supply moral excellence so that there then study of the Bible might be true, accurate, and good, and that we might not have our teaching tainted by our own sinful life. Oh, I pray, Father. I pray for the teachers. They'll have a stricter judgment. So I pray, Lord, that we would live, we, we, would, we would teach in the fear of God. We would teach in the fear of God and the honor and respect of you. So I pray these things, and I pray for each one of us, Lord. And I want to pray. I want to pray today, Lord, for any who've had a someone they've looked up to, a pastor, a worship leader, uh, an apologist, someone who with a maybe a celebrity, someone who's written books. Who knows, Lord? And they and and we've discovered later that there was a double life going on. There was sin, uh, really noticeable, specific sin going on in their life, scandalous sin. Oh, God, we come to you. You're our rock. You're the one in whom we put our trust. I pray for people whose faith has been damaged, whose heart has been wounded, whose faith has been uh, corrupted, 
challenged, hurt. Oh God, these are your children, and we pray that you would help them and and heal them and bring them back to you in full confidence. And we pray for some of our fallen leaders, Lord. We don't want to be too quick to judge. We know they've got a big target on their back. We know the devil wants to take them down. We pray, Lord, that some of the good people who have fallen might find uh, a contrite heart and might find repentance and salvation and new, new hope from you. We pray these things. We give you this day to walk with you in your goodness, to be prevailing, to be filled with the joy of the Lord in all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. We're here every day. We love being here. We love getting in the Word of God. So I hope you join us. If you are new, welcome. I hope that you've you've stayed with us this long. Good. And uh, come back every day. Every day we're getting the Word of God. Every day this is something positive. And, and you'll grow. I can promise you that by the power of God's Word. You get in the Word of God. You join us every day. Make this small. It's a small decision. But carry it out daily, whether you feel like it or not. Not just when you feel like it or not when something looks interesting, but be here every day. You'll find something to be transforming your life. The Word of God's powerful. Bit by bit, it'll make a difference. So until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you, fill you with His joy and His hope. Remember, you've got something the world didn't give, so don't let the world take it away. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.